1: The Rock in the Bible is a symbol of the changeless God. The Rock is a symbol of the permanence of God. And I don't want you to miss the contrast here in this psalm. There's a lot of contrasts. David's world is falling apart, but God is the Rock. David's world is crumbling from under him, but God is the Rock. David's world seemed to be Nothing like it once was, but God is his rock.
0: Thanks for joining Dr. Michael Yusuf, for Leading the Way Audio. As he continues this encouraging series, Psalms of Deliverance, you'll be challenged to see that even when things around you may appear like they're crumbling, God is your rock and an unshakable foundation. By the way, if this message is something that would encourage a friend or family member encourage them to stream online, subscribe to the daily podcast, or download the Leading the Way app. Information's available at ltw.org. Do that a little later, because right now, here's Dr. Yusuf guiding you to the words of Psalm 28.
1: There are successful pastors and evangelists who are not so successful fathers. There are successful businessmen and professionals who are not so successful fathers. There are very successful political leaders who are not so successful fathers. Now King David was one of those. He was a great king, he was a warrior, he was a leader, he was a king, he was a spiritual giant in many ways for his generation, and yet he failed as a father. King David was so busy doing his job that he failed at his task. One of his sons raped his half sister. Another son killed the rapist half brother. And to top it all, his son Absalom conducted a coup d'état and toppled his father off his throne. So much so that Epsalom really has taken the reins of power in Israel. And to make things worse, King David had to escape from his palace in order to just save his skin, just to save his life. He had to run away. Powerful, successful King David was on the run. A king is in deep trouble. And as this king who is in deep trouble views his desperate situation, as this great king begins to see the tragic condition in which he finds himself, as David finds his heart and his emotions and his kingdom are torn apart, as David contemplates this pathetic plight in which he finds himself, he sits down. And by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, writes Psalm 28. You know, in this psalm, as you look at it, you'll find that really it is a prayer, but it's in a song. It's in a song format. In fact, there are three stanzas in that song prayer. Three stanzas. First stanza, verses 1 and 2, you see David places his confidence... He makes a confident request. Two words you need to remember. Confident request. The second stanza, verses 3 and 5, is that he makes a calm reasoning with God. The third stanza is that he receives a cause for rejoicing. Six words, all you need to remember, if you remember those six words, you'll remember all the message. Okay? Here are the six words. Confident request. When you say confident request, the second, calm reasoning. calm reasoning. And the last one, cause for rejoicing. Well, I flunked math. I think there's seven words. <laughs> Nonetheless, you remember those three things. You will remember this message. It is my prayer and has been my prayer that God will use this message to literally transform your walk with Him. David, confident request stems not of who David is, or the desperation that he's in, or even the justice of his cause. No. But the confidence of David's request stems from his confidence of who God is. To you I call, O Lord, my rock. Now I want to tell you a few things about a rock in case you don't know. The rock in the Bible is a symbol of the changeless God. The rock is a symbol of the immutability of God. The rock is a symbol of the permanence of God. The rock is a symbol of the invincibility of God. The rock is a symbol of the strength of God. And I don't want you to miss the contrast here in this psalm. This is an incredible psalm. There's a lot of contrasts. David's world is falling apart, but God is the rock. David's world is crumbling from under him, but God is the rock. David's world sliding from under him, but God is his rock. David's throne seemed to be invincible just a few days ago, have been snatched away from him, but God is the rock. David's security is melting before his very eyes, but God is the rock. David's subjects have turned on him and turned against him, but God is the rock. David's world is collapsing before his eyes, but God is the rock. David's world seemed to be nothing like it once was. But God is his rock. Have you ever been there? I sure have. When everything seems to be working great and then all of a sudden, things begin to fall apart, totally out of your control. The company that you counted on, the business deal that you worked hard for, The marriage that looked as solid as a rock. The health that you are so proud of. You wake up one morning and it's in trouble. In those situations, what do you do? Well, David turned to the only one who's unchangeable. David turned to the one whose love for him does not ebb and flow. David turned to the only one whose stability is unquestionable. Let me ask you a question. When your world collapses before your eyes, do you turn to God the rock or do you blame God? When you are betrayed by your dearest and nearest, do you turn to the rock of ages or do you get angry with God? When you find yourself in trouble because of your own wrong choices, do you cry to the Rock of Ages, or do you falsely accuse Him of not protecting you from the consequences of your own choices? The problem with most people, they feel that God owes them something. They do. They run around, feel that God owes them Listen, God owes you nothing. You owe Him everything. The source of David's confidence request is the mercy of God. There are people who think that God owes them something. People running around saying the government owes me something. Others running around saying the church owes me something. Someone said my parents owe me something. Nobody owes you anything, buddy. Listen to me. I want you to listen. If you go around running around in your life thinking that the world owes you something, somebody owes you something, you will never accomplish great things in your life. This victimization mentality that's sweeping across the land need to be stopped by God's people. And say, enough is enough. David said, hear my cry, O Lord. For what? What is he crying for? For what is due to him? No. For what he thinks God owes him? No. For what he thinks his demands are? No. For what his desire is? No. He said, hear my cry for Mercy, Can you say mercy? Mercy. Hear my cry for mercy. That's all that David was asking for. Listen to me. You know, as a matter of fact, it's far stronger than this. David has figured out that if God does not hear him and hear his cry for mercy and answer his prayer, he's as good as dead. That's what he said. And you know what? I fully identify with David. I know many of you do too. Without God's mercy... I'm as good as dead. Obviously, as you look at this psalm, you realize that God has been silent for a while. You know how I know that? We look at in the text. David is appealing to God to break the silence and answer his prayer. David has such confidence in God's mercy. That he could say to the Lord, Oh Lord, if you don't answer my prayer and my cry for mercy, I am as good as dead. And David said, I lift up my hands toward the holy place. What is that? It is a passionate way of expressing his deep longing to be back in the temple of God, worshiping God once again. His pleading for God To give him mercy and have mercy on him and answer his prayer. Can I be upfront with you? Can I be honest with you? Not that I'm going to care whether you say yes or no. I'm going to do it anyway. (laughs) I honestly, genuinely believe that most Christians do not know what it is to literally intercede in prayer. Most Christians do not understand what it means to persist in prayer. Most Christians do not understand what it means to take the horns at the altar and say, God, I'm not leaving until you answer me because you promised so. We mutter our petitions, oh God, I just hope that you can help me, God. Let me tell you something. If you ever say, God, I hope I'm going to stop you. (laughs) If I ever hear you pray, God, I hope you can help. What do you mean you hope? (laughs) Hope that God can help you? Of course God can. You're not talking to the God of the universe. You don't understand. God can do all things. And He accomplishes all things according to the counsel of His will, Paul tells us in Ephesians 1.11. David not only made his request in confidence, secondly, David made... His calm reasoning with God. Look at verses 3, 4, and 5 of Psalm 28. And as you look and you get to those verses, I want to tell you a couple of things. In the light of these words of what's happening in our culture. We have been told so often that we are not supposed to judge anybody. We're not supposed to judge anything. The so-called liberals twist the words of Jesus when he said, judge not and thus justify and rationalize sin and rationalize rebellion, they say, oh, we're not supposed to judge. And consequently, when evil and wickedness all around us abound, they say, we have no right to call that evil. Yeah, but God does. And we're going to call evil what God calls evil. I agree with them. We don't have the right, but God does. A professor was speaking to his class not so long ago and he was talking about the atrocities of the Nazis and, and the atrocities of Hitler and a Jewish girl in the class yelled out and said, what right do we have to judge them? That's the spirit of our age. That is the culture in which we live it right now and beloved, I want to tell you, Satan loves it. David had already approached God on the basis of what? His self-righteousness? No. He already approached God on the basis of God's mercy. David already approached God in confessing of his own sinfulness. But he does more than that. He doesn't even begin when he's asking God and reasoning with God to do the right thing and to do the just thing. He does not begin with that. He begins by praying and asking God not to judge the wicked. He gets to that, but he begins his request of God to keep him from being dragged into the quagmire of the wicked. Why? Why do you think he's praying that? Because David understands that he has the propensity to sin. David was aware of his own propensity to behave just like the wicked do. And that is why he begins by confessing that apart from the life-giving, sustaining power of God's Word, that apart from the life-giving, sustaining power of God's Spirit, that apart from the life-giving, sustaining power of God's mercy, he would be swept away with the wicked and be where they are. There's something important here. I really don't want you to miss it. When David was praying for justice against the wicked, And you see it there in verses 4 and 5. When he's praying for justice against the wicked, he was not just praying as private citizen David. He was praying as the king of the nation, as the ruler of the nation. You must understand the difference here. David was responsible for seeing justice take place in his kingdom. And that is why he was praying for God to empower him to do the just thing. Some of you may misunderstand what I'm going to tell you. I hope not. But hear me right on, regardless. Evil must never prosper, regardless of how we feel about those who commit evil. I want to repeat that. Evil must never prosper regardless of how we feel about those who commit evil. And we must pray for evil plans to be frustrated. If you do not feel that evil should be frustrated, that evil should be judged, chances are you don't care for the victims of evil. Truly. Today we are being brainwashed that that we can care more about the civil rights of a child abuser than the victim. Today we are brainwashed that we should care more for the terrorists than those who suffered at their hands. Today we're being brainwashed that we care more about the rapists than the rape victims. And ladies and gentlemen, that is wrong. And we must pray for justice, as David did his confident request, his calm reasoning, his cause for rejoicing. Whenever we get into trouble, actually whether a person is a Christian or not, whenever anyone gets into trouble, they cry to God. And they ask other people, please pray for me, please pray. And they'll pray. I never prayed before, but they'll pray. And that's fine. But here's what happens most often. The Lord, in his own time and in his own way, answers a petition. And when the prayers are answered, the person is excited. I mean, is he or she is elated. God, thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I'm so excited. A week later, <laughs> all of a sudden, kind of the thought hits you. Oh, you know, last week, God answered. Oh, God, you know, God, oh, by the way, thank you for what you did. That was good. That was neat. Thank you, God. That's fine. Well, to wait a few months later. And it's completely erased from your mind. And then it comes all of a sudden. You think about it. Something happened. You remembered. Yeah, God answered your prayers. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. God, sorry. I should have been thanking you. I should really be thanking you every day. And I didn't. I'm sorry. And then a year or two later, when the challenges of life and the problems of life keep popping up and keep popping up. And you're so busy. And then you face another dilemma in your life. (laughs) and then you think oh God you know you've answered my prayer a couple of years ago and I cried to you you heard my prayer oh God thank you for that but by the way God what have you done for me lately? (laughs) isn't that the spirit of the age? but not David 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 actually began to praise God for answered prayers before he could see evidence of that answered prayers. He began to thank God for answering prayers before the prayers could be even answered in the human eyes of this man. I know some time ago, I prayed to the Lord about an issue that matter, for a long time. And I remember clearly, one day as I was praying, I sensed the Lord to be saying, now I want you to thank me for answering your prayers. I said, Lord, I will as soon as I see evidence of it. And the Lord said, well, start thanking me now. And I want to confess to you, for 18 months, every single day, I would thank God for answering that prayer. But listen, I want to be, I want to be honest with you. I mean, you need to know this. Every day of those 18 months, the devil taunted me at my stupidity for thanking God for answering my prayer when the evidence appears to be to the contrary. But God gave me the faith to thank Him before seeing the evidence with my own eyes. Look at verse 7 of Psalm 28. David said, My heart trusted past tense. I am helped. Present tense, our praise, future tense. Based on his experience with God, what is happening here? David's supplication gave way to David seeing God's hand. And seeing God's hand gave way to song of praise. I want you to hear me right on this one. We do not live our Christian life in a vacuum. We don't. Some people just go on through life and think we live our Christian life in a vacuum. We really don't. Where you are today is a result of where you were yesterday. And where you'll be tomorrow is a result of where you are today. Not only David praised God before he has seen the evidence of answered prayer, but David was interceding on behalf of others. The people who pray when they want something from God and said, God, please, 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 God, and, and they get what they want and then they forget a few days or weeks or months later, they miss out on the most incredible blessing that they could possibly have. Do you know what that is? What do I mean by that? Well that attitude of going to God only when you want something from God and then when you got it, you forgot about God, you have lost one of the great blessings that can only come when you know how to intercede on behalf of others. Praying for others, interceding for others, many of us miss out on that blessing that can only come when we cry to God on behalf of the work of God when we cry to God on behalf of the kingdom of God when we cry to God on behalf of the things that are dear and near to the heart of God we miss out on the blessing And so David concludes his prayer his song, his prayer song by praying for others listen save your people and bless your inheritance Be the shepherd and carry them forever.
0: You're listening to Leading the Way and a message Dr. Yusuf called, God our rock. Make sure you get information about the Leading the Way app and learn about the other places you can listen when you visit ltw.org. You know, it's good to know that God was a rock to David and he can also be a rock to you. But we know that not all who listen to Leading the Way understand God's love, mercy and grace in personal ways. That's why we want to give you an opportunity to speak with one of our Leading the Way pastors. They're happy to explore honest faith questions with you. You may know about God through exposure to church over the years, but not know God as your rock for life circumstances. So if you'd like to begin a conversation, our team members would love to talk. You can do it online or set up a phone call. The place to start is ltw.org slash Jesus. Fill out a simple form with questions and preferences for getting in touch and go from there. There's also a comprehensive FAQ section to review, ltw.org slash Jesus. Need more information? You can also speak with a ministry representative at 1300 133 589 they'd be happy to get you information about getting connected. Once again, 1-300-133-589. Well, that's just about it for today. But don't forget to listen for the rest of this life-changing series, Psalms of Deliverance,
1: on Leading the Way Audio. As we bring today's episode of Leading the Way to a close, allow me to invite you also to watch Leading the Way television. Leading the way, television is available in most areas on TBN, Daystar, God TV, 9, SCA, and more. Visit ltw.org for details. Once again, that's ltw.org.